0: Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started
1: everybody, it's Jim here, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely show. On today's episode, I want to chat with you about a mistake that I see a lot of people making when they're decluttering. And I bring this up because it's something I see very often with my clients. I see it in comments that people leave on my blog or on social media. And of course, it's something that I have struggled with myself over the years. So I don't really want to beat around the bush. We'll just dive right in. I want to have a discussion about why the concept of sparking joy can sometimes be a problem when you're decluttering, and it can actually keep you stuck and hold you back from getting the results that you want. Now, first, before we dive in, I do just want to point out that obviously the whole concept of sparking joy comes from Marie Kondo, and I do want to say that this episode isn't a critique of her work. If you are familiar with the Kanmari method, then you will know that it, it is much more than just does this spark joy, right? Um, She wouldn't have written a whole book if it was literally just one line. But I think we you know, can all see that Marie Kondo has a lot of credit, actually, for bringing decluttering and minimalism to the mainstream. And it has led to a lot of people thinking that If something, quote unquote, sparks joy, right? If it makes you happy, then you should keep it. Now, obviously, before we go any further, I want to acknowledge that to some extent, this is true. And if you're familiar with my work, if you've read probably anything that I've done in the past, you'll know that I believe that the whole concept of minimalism is not about living with as few of things as possible. Instead, it is about alignment. It's about thinking about your values and your priorities and your goals, right? And then the things that you own, the things that you do, the things that you spend your money on should be in alignment with that. It's about aligning your activities, your stuff, et cetera, with this greater vision for your life. So obviously, sometimes that means that you keep things that other people might consider clutter because to you, it's important, right? But I guess to be the devil's advocate or just to point out the other side of the conversation, If you are someone who loves stuff, and surprise, surprise, that's actually me, even though I'm a minimalist, I do love stuff, you can end up in this situation where, okay, I've decluttered all the things that don't bring me joy, but I still have way too much stuff. I have all these things that I love, but overall, I know that it's too much. So what do I do now, right? If you have relied too heavily on this concept of does this bring joy, then you're going to get stuck once have everything that's left to bring you joy okay so that's what we're gonna talk about um and another quick side note (laughs) i apologize those who know me well know that i'm like the queen of side notes um it's something that's worth a whole conversation i could record probably five episodes about it but i just want to point out that sometimes we don't always love things when we think that we do Okay. So there are a million reasons why we might feel attached to our clutter. And a lot of those are uncomfortable. So for example, uh, um, again, speaking from my own personal experience, I can remember this pair of shoes that I had that I spent a ridiculous amount of money on. And I felt a lot of shame about buying these pair of shoes. They were like six inches heels like I was I was never going to wear them they were designer um, but like I wasn't someone who could really afford designer items etc et etc cetera, et cetera, right I had a lot of shame about buying these shoes which I then never really wore but if you asked me for years I would have told you oh I love those shoes I just don't wear them and the truth is I didn't really love them it was just more comfortable to make that excuse I love them but I never wear them than to admit the truth was that actually I don't love them. I'm just kind of ashamed because I wasted so money, so much money on it, right? So that's a little side note, again, a topic that we could talk about for ages. But coming back to this episode, let's assume that you really do love something, right? You really love it and you're trying to decide whether you should keep it or not, right? And so the does it spark joy line makes you think, yes, I should keep it but you're also feeling overwhelmed in your home and you're like, I have too much stuff, what do I do? So if you can relate, this is the question that I think should be a very important follow-up question to does this spark joy, right? So it is, yes, this item sparks joy, but what do I love more, okay? So I'm just gonna break this down again using myself as an example. As a minimalist, people assume that I'm like not really into fashion. If you follow me on the blog or you know the podcast, you'll know that I dress with um, a minimalist wardrobe. It's quite small. I don't have a ton of outfits, etc. But the truth is, even though that's how I live and that's what I choose for myself right now, I actually love everything to do with fashion, right? I love the act of getting dressed. I really enjoy being creative. Like trying to find new ways to wear things. I love um, I love big, bright, beautiful colors. I love experimenting with trends, right? I find all of that side of fashion very fun. I still find that fun, right? That still, quote unquote, sparks joy for me, okay? But you might be wondering, so why do I, you know, why don't I indulge in that? Why do I dress? I do dress probably mostly in neutrals. Um, I don't think that every minimalist has to, but I do. I wear a a dress in a personal uniform. I wear most of the same kind of stuff all the time. So you might be wondering, like, if fashion brings me joy, why am I doing this? Am I making myself suffer um, in the name of minimalism? No, I don't. Because if you go back to this question, what do I love more? What I love more than the fun of fashion then the creativity, then playing around with clothes is the freedom and the space that comes from having a minimalist wardrobe. It's kind of like thinking about the trade-offs in life, right? Sure, I love that, but there's something else that I want more. So I love having the physical space in my home. There was a time 15 years ago where I used a whole guest bedroom as my closet and I needed it because I had so much stuff. I had over a hundred pairs of shoes, I had these custom built-ins, right? And like I'll be honest with you, if I, you know, imagine in my mind going back to that closet, I loved it. It was like a wonderful space. <laughs> I had um I had these like display racks. I used to have over a hundred pair of shoes at the time. And I had these like custom display racks where it looked like I was in a shoe shop, right? And if I think about that room like I love it. It was beautiful. It was a fun space. I was like a kid in there, you know, dressing up. But if I think about the trade-offs, right, what do I love more? Right now, I live in a 660 square foot home um, with my two kids and my husband. It's a two-bedroom apartment, so it's quite small. But I happily give up my closet and you know the space that I had because I love my neighborhood. I love living closer to the city. I love having a walkable lifestyle. Um, Some of you may have, if you've been following a few episodes back, I think it was about three months ago now, we actually sold our car and we get by purely on walking, public transport and a bike, right? That's not for everyone, but I love the freedom that comes from that lifestyle. Like it just brings me so much joy. And so I happily give up my walk-in closet, even though I loved it, I'm happy to exchange it for a lifestyle that I want more, okay? Um, also, not just physical space, mental space, okay? As I said, back when I had lots of clothes, I found a lot of joy into creating outfits, playing around with cha- trends. Like there was a lot of creativity that went into that. And yes, I enjoyed it. But now I enjoy creating that mental space and using that creativity for other things, You know, as you know, right, I've got a blog, I've got a podcast, I maintain social media accounts, I write emails, and some of you might think, oh my god, that sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) But for me, that is joyful, right? I love, 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 love sharing ideas. The reason I started a blog, you know, almost 10 years ago, I don't know, eight years ago now, right? It wasn't because at the time I had no idea that it would be the seeds of my business. At the time, I purely did it because I loved Sharing ideas and the creativity that went into this process. Right. And so I didn't, I would never have had time for all that writing, all that exploring of ideas if I was spending all that mental space on fashion. Okay. So again, I'm not saying that fashion is bad. I'm just saying that for me, again, if you're looking at my priorities, my values, the trade offs that we have to make in life, right, when we accept that we all have limits, we can only do so much. I would rather give up the fashion that I loved, that brought me lots and lots of joy, but I'm happy to give it up because now I have mental space for my creativity. And, you know, the fun thing is that that little seed that I planted when I made this decision all those years ago, at the time I was just reading this blog because it was fun, right? It was fun to share ideas, but Creating that space in my life, um, mental space, financial space also by embracing minimalism, actually let me experiment. And now, for those of you who don't know, the Simply and Fiercely brand is my full-time job, right? So between the, I sell courses, I run advertising on my website. Um, This business now supports me and my family, which is actually like, it just blows my mind because I didn't realize at the time that I was making this small trade-off, right? But in the end, that small trade-off created space, and what I did in that space was actually create my dream career. And so I do just want to be clear, because I know so many times people can listen to things and think that people are talking in absolutes. I'm not saying that you can't run a successful business. I'm not saying that you can't be creative with writing or whatever it is you want to be creative with, and also love fashion. Of course, there's people that can do that. But for me, when I reflect back on my life and how I was spending my time and my mental energy and my money, I know that the fashion that I did love, that it did bring me joy, was consuming too much space. Okay. So again, that's it. I'll talk, maybe I'll record another episode about that another day. But again, it was making that trade off. What do I love more? Do I love the fashion? Do I love the clothes? Or do I love this? Mental freedom in my life. And also, as I said, physical freedom, having more space in my home, etc. So if we go back to this, I guess just sort of to sum that up. Yes, I love fashion. Yes, I love the creativity. Yes, you know, it's funny people assume that I have really boring, <laughs> boring tastes when it comes to clothes, but I actually love like the maximalista style. I love people who Indulge in really over the top fashion. I love it so much. Like, I love looking at it, right? But it's just not for me because it doesn't align with my values and priorities. Just, you know, that's not a judgment call on other people. And if you're still kind of struggling to put your head around this, I do have this quote that I saved. Um, It's something I think about all the time. And I think it's such a brilliant example of how sparking joy is not always enough. So this quote is from Elizabeth Gilbert from her book, Big Magic. For those of you who don't know, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, I think she's the writer of Eat, Pray, Love. Um, but this book is also just about creativity, right? Big magic. She's really talking about the magic of creativity um, and the magic of being a writer. So here's the quote. Long ago, when I was struggling to become a writer, a wise older woman once said to me, What are you willing to give up in order to have the life you keep saying you want? I said, you are right. I really need to start learning how to say no to things I don't want to do. She corrected me. No, it's much harder than that. You need to learn how to start saying no to things you do want to do with the recognition that you only have one life and you don't have time and energy for everything. So that quote is one of my, like, just favorites. I think it's such a great representation of the way that we need to think about clutter, our time, our spending, right? It's not that you are just getting rid of the things in your home that you don't like or that don't bring you joy. You're shifting it the other way. You're thinking about, well, what is the life that I really want to create? And I think, um, I'm pretty sure if you go back to the last episode or two, I talk about the importance of having a strong vision. That's what this is about, right? What do you really want most? And sometimes you're going to have to give up things that you love, things that bring up, bring joy, but that's okay because there's something else that you love more. Okay? So I'll um, give you one more example before I um, bring this episode to an end. If any of you are writers, um, obviously, I write for my work. I actually also write fiction as a personal hobby, which I will never share with anyone. <laughs> it's just something that I do for myself. Uh, but there is a saying in writing. I don't know who brought it up, um, so I apologize. But it's about this idea of killing your darlings, right? Which sounds really horrible. Um, but if you've ever done e writing, you'll know that sometimes you write a paragraph or even a sentence and you love it. You think it's like, just the best thing you've ever written. It's so beautiful. You love the words. You know, you're, you're petting yourself on the back because. Oh, sorry, I just petted by microphone. You're petting yourself on the back because it's so lovely. But when you try to work it into the piece, it just doesn't work. This happens to me all the time. I'll have one paragraph that I love, but it just doesn't work with the flow of the piece. And I'll rewrite everything over and over again, trying to make it work wasting so much time right and getting really frustrated and like just wanting to give up and then sometimes I have to realize is that for the greater good right in order to make this article work in order to make this chapter work in order to make the whole story flow I have to take out this paragraph even though I think it's like the greatest thing I've ever written right and so that's the concept of killing your darlings when it comes to writing but that's also sometimes the same concept that applies to decluttering, right? You are building yourself a big, beautiful life. And the things that you own, the things that you do, the things that you spend money, these are all like building bricks, right? They're all bricks that are helping you build the life of your dreams. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, right, is this brick God, I'm going way out there for this, with this analogy, but is this brick, you know, taking me closer to the life I want or not? And sometimes we have things that we love that we have to leave behind. Um, you know, even relationships. You've probably heard this. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you dated someone when you were in your early twenties who you loved and they were a great person, but they weren't the right person for you, right? All of these are just millions of examples of how does this spark joy. It's not the be-all, end-all. You have to look at the big picture and just say, what do I love most? What is the end goal? And is this helping me get there? So um, yeah, I think I'll sum this up there. Hopefully this helps you think about your decluttering, or not just your decluttering, right? Just sort of all your life choices in a new way. You can love something. You can think it's wonderful. It can spark so much joy in you and yet not belong in your life. Although I will just quickly say, oh gosh, <laughs> sorry. I, as I said, I'm the queen of um, little, little side notes. That on the flip side, sometimes you can keep tons of stuff that makes no sense to anyone else, and that's okay if that what re- that is what really matters to you. Okay, like for example, I have some clients I work with who made the decision upfront that they're not going to declutter any books, and that's fine. That's what works for them, right? It's just about Really at the heart of everything, decluttering is about self-awareness and really getting deep down what are your goals, what are you trying to create, and then using decluttering as a tool. You're working backwards to create that life for yourself, okay? So now for real, I am going to sum up this
0: episode. Thank you to everyone for listening, and hopefully I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Simply and Fiercely Show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide, and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access until next time. Thanks again.